Welcome to the Charlotte Mason Poetry Audio Blog, where we strive to share an authentic interpretation of Mason's life work. We thank you for joining us and hope you enjoy the program. Editor's Note by Haley Struker. In the second part of her article, Children Up to School Age and Beyond, Elsie Kitching clarified for parents There should be no so called lessons in the playroom. Occupations is the right word, and for these, no timetable should be set and there should be a sense of much freedom, both in the manner and matter of what shall we do next. With this right word in mind, a composition was published in the 1926 issue of the Parents' Review, which the director of the PUS had drawn up for the use of members of the PNEU. Miss Kitching, who held a title at the time, is thus the presumed author of Occupations for Children Under Schoolroom Age, the article we share with you today. Though the author very clearly presents Charlotte Mason's basic philosophy of a quiet growing time in a child's early life, and very practically lists a few suggestions as to suitable books and things, there is a bit of mystery surrounding the paper. By 1928, a reference was made to this article in leaflet form as a special advertisement advantage for an annual subscription to the PNEU. That same year is the date to which Miss Kitching loosely attributes the origin of the PNEU Playroom in 1943. When the idea of PNEU Playrooms was started some 15 years ago, the name was chosen of set purpose. It is therefore possible that Occupations for Children Under Schoolroom Age was later reissued as a separate publication bearing the name of the long-lost Playroom Leaflet. Whether or not these two works are one and the same, we pray you will be blessed by the rich recommendations made here for early occupations, our children's first delightful intimacies with books and things. Occupations for Children Under Schoolroom Age In this time of extraordinary pressure, educational and social, perhaps a mother's first duty to her children is to secure for them a quiet growing time, a full six years of passive receptive life, the waking part of it, for the most part, out in the fresh air. The educational error of our day is that we believe too much in mediators. Now, nature is her own mediator, undertakes herself to find work for eyes, ears, taste, and touch, She will prick the brain with problems and the heart with feelings. And the part of the mother or teacher in the early years, indeed all through life, is to sow opportunities and then to keep in the background, ready with a guiding or restraining hand only when these are badly wanted. Mothers shirk this work and put it, as they would say, into better hands than their own, because they do not recognize that wise letting alone is the chief thing asked of them, seeing that every mother has in nature an all-sufficient handmaid who arranges for due work and due rest of mind, muscles, and senses. But what of only children and the child too old to play with her baby brother? Surely the kindergarten is a great boon for these? Perhaps so. But a cottage child as a companion or a lively young nursemaid might be better. A child will have taught himself to paint, paste, cut paper, knit, weave, hammer, and saw, 
make lovely things in clay and sand, build castle with his bricks, possibly too will have taught himself to read, write, and do sums, besides acquiring no end of knowledge and notions about the world he lives in by the time he is six or seven. What I contend for is that he shall do these things because he chooses, provided that the standard of perfection in his small works be kept before him. Home Education by Miss C. M. Mason Pages 43, 192, and 193 We receive, almost daily, letters from mothers who would like their children to join the P.U.S. between four and five, and we need to remind ourselves that children deprived of a quiet growing time suffer later when lessons should begin. Showing signs of a lack of vitality or a want of concentration, so unlike what R used to be. But these signs are an indication that R has been living at too great a speed. Again, we are told that B, at four and a half, is quite able to do as much as J, of six, that he is indeed quicker in some ways. There is no doubt about it. B has lived up to J in everything. J has not had anyone but his mother or nurse, a very different matter. But B must still have his quiet growing time, especially as in any case he works harder up to the age of six than he will at any other period of his life. He should still enjoy the nursery freedom. He should have occupations, but not lessons. Miss Mason has sketched briefly in the prospectus of the P.U.S. what lines preschool training and occupation should follow, but the paragraphs from Home Education quoted indicate some of the principles which should guide parents in this important matter. It is hoped that mothers, and fathers too, for in these post-war days many fathers are teaching their own children, will study this book and find help and inspiration in their all-important work. A child should enter the P.U.S. at six, possibly at five and a half, ready for the serious work of lessons. His early years should have prepared him as regards the discipline of habit and the joys of life out of doors. He should also have learned that knowledge is desirable, and he should understand something of what it means to say, Our Father. It should be remembered that nursery discipline comes chiefly in the formation of habits. There should be no so-called lessons in the nursery. Occupations is the word Miss Mason used, and for these, no timetable should be set, and there should be a sense of much freedom, both in the manner and matter of, what shall we do next? Again, just as the best-loved toys are the simplest in construction because they give full scope to a child's imagination, so all material used should be of the simplest kind. Apparatus should be avoided. A children's special hour, or half-hour as the case may be, should be a time of happy occupation and should be arranged at a time when the children cannot be out of doors. Stories, pictures, Materials of all kinds are necessary because the provision must be no less liberal of its kind than that for an older child. The home nursery is the right and the best place for children, a place where the parents can share the quiet growing time with their children and give them their first delightful intimacies with books and things. 
it is possible that some parents may welcome a few suggestions as to suitable books and things, though in these days the supply is usually abundant and easily obtained. The suggestions cover a wide field and may be varied in many ways over a period of two or three years. Cheaper books and materials can be had, but little children should have large, well-illustrated books and make models with good material, and in the case of clay, they should make large models. All correspondence or questions regarding the suggestions should be sent to the director, Parents Union School, Ambleside, who will be glad to hear of other books, songs, games, etc., which little children enjoy. At this point, the article provided a list of recommended resources. Some we will share here. The rest can be found on the show notes page. Principles and Methods Books by Miss C. M. Mason. A. Children are born persons. B. Home Education. Parts 2, 3, 5, and 6. Note. Discretion must be used as to what applies to children under 5 and what is intended for those over 5. C. Some Studies in the Formation of Character. Part 1. D. Parents and Children. Also, Miss Mason's Principles in Character Training, A Mother's Experience of PNEU Principles, by Mrs. Evan Campbell. Thought Turning as a Factor in the Training of Character, and a Talk to Nurses, and Why Small Things Matter, by Helen Webb, M.B. These articles will be shared in future episodes of the Charlotte Mason Poetry Podcast, Other historical resources listed in the show notes page include stories to be read or told, pictures to tell stories about, verses to hear and to learn, pictures to paint, songs to sing, letters and words to play with, things to count, games to play, and things to cut out or make. On the Charlotte Mason Poetry Podcast, we share many original and vintage articles, and I'm sure you wouldn't want to miss a single one. We have a new email subscription system, so if you haven't signed up, you can do so at the show notes page. And if you have enjoyed this episode, please leave us a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts. Thank you for listening to the Charlotte Mason Poetry Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the program.